This is Life Change Church in Muskegon, Michigan. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for giving us your ears while you mow the lawn, kayak, do the dishes, or sit with the knitting circle. Watch us on Facebook Live Sunday mornings at 9.30 or subscribe to the weekly podcast at mylifechangechurch.tv. This is Pastor Ron Rands. Well, thank you for joining with us today. And uh, whether you're watching this on Mother's Day or you're watching this sometime in the future, I want to share with you that this isn't going to be just about a message that would be particular just to moms. Although I believe we're going to be hitting on three parts of it. Number one is, is that motherhood is a gift from God. It's truly a gift to be a mom. Two is, we're going to talk about, you're going to, it's, it's not only just from the Lord, it's a gift from the Lord. And then three is, you're going to need God's power, mom, to work through and in their life. And we're going to be turning to that in just a few more moments. In fact, if you could turn in your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 1. But before we get there, um, I'm going to share today about maybe the, the big picture of God's plan for motherhood. And not only just for motherhood, but really for uh, life. And God put moms on this earth. In fact, Scott, our elder, uh, just mentioned of it. says says, mothers are made in God's image. God created man and woman in his image to he created them. So every time we see a woman or we see a man, they're a part of God's image. And then man and woman, you can't take them apart from each other because together they're complete to be in God, in his image. And so important for us to realize that. And it's hard for me sometimes to preach a message about mothers in perspective because obviously I don't have the gift of motherhood, but I admire it. I admire the God in moms, the gift that God put in moms and the the point of nurturing, the point of caring. In fact, I I see many times where the, the, the back side of things, which means this is moms are always picking up things and they're always taking care of things. And, and a lot of times that we, we are always admiring the leader and maybe the other end of it going that the man maybe sometimes gets in front of things and the, and the woman's getting in the back of things. And we don't really realize that's all God. He's in the front and in the back of things. And yet so many times we give sometimes more attention to the lead part of it. And many of you mothers are great leaders and we're going to be talking about that in just a moment. But what's so important about a mother or a father is what are you passing on? What is being passed on? In fact, the the song we just sang uh, about the kingdom of God and that we're here on planet earth and and that God put this planet on earth. Basically, it's, it's a planet that is in mimic of heaven. And so I believe when we get to heaven, though it's going to be much more beautiful, and, but yet we're going to see similarities in the idea and the design of it. Because on the, what God tells us that I pray your will be done on heaven as well as it is on earth. There's a throne in heaven. And we know who sits on that throne. God the Father, His Son, and then the Holy Spirit is here present to instruct and help us. And one of my favorite passages, and I keep turning to it, is Romans 15, 4. History was recorded for us. Why? So that we might have hope 
an encouragement from the message, the testimonies, what God did in times past, he's longing to do in times present because that's God. He passes it on. He brought us into his plan, his design, so that things would be passed on. Moms, what are we passing on? And we're going to, uh, in 1 Samuel, we'll be referencing that. But, you know, I don't know if many of you even know the author. In fact, I, you know, I almost embarrassingly would say that I didn't really know the author of a book I'm going to reference right now in the Bible until this morning. The Lord led me to the book of Ruth. Because I can't not think about the greatness of a mother in le- in, without the light and understanding of the book of Ruth. Here's this story of this, uh, a woman who is the, the daughter-in-law of Naomi. And I want to talk about Naomi, if I could, for a moment, because she's married to this man who we really don't get a lot of understanding. In fact, very early on, he passes on, and uh, he leaves the country of Judah, which was really not something he should be do, but he takes his wife with him and his two, his two boys, and they move to uh, Moab. And as he goes to this uh, country of Moab, um, bad things happen. Very bad things happen. And, and what happens is, is, is the, the father, the patriarch dies. The two sons die. And so we, we have is Naomi, who's all by herself, yet with these two daughter-in-laws. And these Moabite women that follow her so much to the saying that, that Ruth says, your God is my God. Your people are my people. Your country where you're going to live is where I want to live. Mothers or even fathers, what an image of what God wants us to do in this life to pass on. To the place where, where, where everything that's going on in Ruth's heart is, I look at Naomi, my mother-in-law, and I see the God inside of her, the image of God inside of her, and I want that to live inside of me and pass on. In fact, if you read the book of Ruth, and I, I challenge you to study the book of Ruth, and especially you have time now that as we're still at home, you have pl- plenty of time to do so, please do so and look at it. Maybe even today, look at some of the, uh, the aspects of this book. But in reference to what we see in Ruth is that here's this woman who moves back to Judah. She leaves her country. She leaves her family. She adopts Naomi as her family. She adopts the the God of Naomi. And she's basically what we'd say as a convert. And she moves into this foreign country. Has no provision other than following her mom. Mothers, what what a way and what a faith that's being passed on. How much faith did Ruth have to be passed on into her own heart? And what I love about it is what's passed on in and through Ruth. Because Ruth marries Boaz, and I don't want to go into the whole storyline of it, but Ruth marries Boaz, and Boaz's son is Obed. And maybe that doesn't mean anything to you, but it means a lot to me. Because Obed was the grandfather of David, King David. And King David was a worshiper. We all know that, or if we've studied David at all, in the book of Samuel, that David had a heart of a worshiper. But what I didn't know, even till this morning, is that Obed means worshiper. We know that David struggled connecting to his father, Jesse, but he certainly connected to his grandfather, Obed. 
What was passed on? Even in this case, it wasn't passed on from generation to generation. It was passed on from two generations ago. I want to share with you so much God can do through grandparent, grandmother, grandfather. So much can be passed on. And what is being passed on is worship. Well, in 1 Samuel chapter 1, we, we're going to reference where Samuel comes from. Why is this book of Ruth? And by the way, Samuel is the one that wrote the book of Ruth. And what I, I, what I get out of that is that here's this storyline that's so important to Samuel. History is so important. And he passes on this book about, honestly, about these great women. And well, that makes a lot more sense when you read 1 Samuel chapter 1 because Hannah was Samuel's mom. And what a great woman was, that she was, that she dedicated Samuel to God. And in 1 Samuel chapter 8, which we aren't going to reference to today, we find that Samuel himself was going through some struggles. Because see, he had his own two sons. In fact, his wife is never mentioned in the Bible, but he had to struggle in his own family because his own sons weren't following in the ways of God that he did. And you know, sometimes that can be a struggle for all of us where we long to have our children as our heritage. and We want them and we want to pass on God. And that's really the message today is that we want the message of God to be passed on into the next generation. Let's pick up in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 1. I'm reading from the NLT. There was a man named Elkanah who lived in Ramah in the region of Ziph, in the hill country of Ephraim. He was a son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuf, son of Ephraim. Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and Peniah. And Peniah had children, but Hannah did not. Each year, Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of heaven's armies at the tabernacle. The priest of the Lord at that time were the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas. On the days of Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Peniah and each of her children. And though he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice portion because the Lord had given her no children. So Peniah would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. Year after year, it was the same. Peniah would taunt Hannah as they went into the tabernacle. Each time, Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanah would ask. Why aren't you eating? Why be so downhearted? Just because you have no children, you have me. Isn't that better than having ten sons? Once, after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli and the priest were sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. She made this vow, O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you and he will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. So Point number one I want to reference today, motherhood is a gift from the Lord. Nowhere is it better pictured as it we see in this book of Samuel where motherhood is a gift from God. We have this mother who has uh, somehow have no ability 
to bear children, she goes to the tabernacle of God, she goes to the temple of God, or we would call it church today. She gets on her knees and cries out to God and says, God, if I could be with child, I will dedicate that child to you. Mothers today, please forget not that motherhood is a gift from God. Number two, motherhood is for the Lord. I wanna pick up in verse 19 of that same chapter, 1 Samuel chapter one. The entire family got up early the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more. Then they returned home to Ramah when Elkanah slept with Hannah. The Lord remembered her plea. And in due time, she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel. For she said, I asked the Lord for him. The next year, Elkanah and his family went on their annual trip to offer sacrifices to the Lord to keep his vow. But Hannah did not go. She told her husband, wait until the boy is weaned, then I will take him to the tabernacle and leave him there with the Lord permanently. Whatever you think is best, Elkanah agreed. Stay here for now and may the Lord help you and keep your promise. So she stayed home, nursed the boy until he was weaned. And when the child was weaned, Hannah took him to the tabernacle in Shiloh. They brought along a three-year-old bull for the sacrifice and a basket of flour and some wine. And after sacrificing the bull, they brought the boy to Eli. Sir, do you remember me? Hannah asked. I am the very woman who stood here several years ago praying to the Lord. Ask the Lord to give me this boy and he has granted my request. Now I'm giving him to the Lord and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worshiped the Lord there. The picture we see right now is, is Hannah who has not only dedicated her heart, but now she's dedicated her life and she's fulfilling the promise, the vow that she's made to God. And she has this picture, not only does she realize being a mother is a gift, but now she's going, it's for the Lord. What if we were to look at every single child as not only a gift from God, but for God? Number three, motherhood needs the Lord's strength to sacrifice. Motherhood needs the Lord's strength to sacrifice. I, I've broken this down in some areas and by no means is it encompass every area, obviously, where we need strength. And whether you're a, a single mom or a, a stepmom or a foster parent or whether you're a father, a single father, whatever, you need God's strength to raise children so that they might see who God is in and through their life. I know this is probably my biggest struggle. And I, I find myself with this balance in, of trying to connect with my children and at the same time, let my children see who God is and through my life. I know I make so many mistakes in this area, but I, 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 I long that God's heart in my life might be expressed. I did not know, and again, through studying of the, of the passages, I didn't really know that Naomi means to connect. That's what it means is, is uh, I'm sorry, Naomi means is a, uh, a, a life that's pleasant. And in fact, she even said, don't call me Naomi anymore because she had lost her husband, she had lost her two sons, but call me Mara, which means bitter. And then yet we see Ruth, who is in her life, which means to connect. 
And so we see Ruth who's connecting. What is she connecting with? She's connecting with the God that's in Naomi. That's probably my greatest uh, desire is that my kids, God's kids, would connect with the God in my life. Because I don't, I don't want them to, to see who I am. I want them to see who God is in my life. And there's so many mistakes and there's so many errors, many things that I make mistakes in. And all of us make mistakes. Uh, and, and even some of them could be deferred as areas that are not godly. And I'm sure that all of us can think of those. And it seemed to be very easy for us to find our and, and count on our and see our fallacies in life. And I don't want you to focus on that mom or dad or anybody at this point. But the point of it is the weakness that we have. That our life is, is struggles that if there's one thing that I long for is that what God did in here, I can't do. He can put his perfect inside and even his perfect inside as it gets expressed outside, somehow I still mess that up. That's what breaks me most in life, whether it's to my wife or to my kids or the church family. It's always seemed to be broken up. It seems to be what God purely put in here becomes impure outside. Welcome to humanity. That's why it's so important for us to ask God for strength. That's why it's so important for ask God that they may interpret, that they may pick up who God is in and through our life. Because even Samuel, who was such a man of God, such an example to follow. In fact, we find that the kings, King Samuel and King David, saw so much God-like aspirations in Samuel. And yet his own sons didn't see that. We don't really know the answer, don't, don't want to study the answers for that situation, nor the end of what had happened. But the point of it is this, is that what is passed on, and I, I think of, even as I get through this message, I see myself needing to pray more myself. I pray that you, from this message, would learn to find yourself like Hannah on your knees, not only to, to have children, but that, so that Christ may be formed in them. In Galatians 5, it says that they travail till Christ be formed in them. That's what we really want to be passed on. And so here's some areas that you need prayer for. I need prayer for. Motherhood needs the Lord's strengthhood. It's demanding. Moms, <laughs> I, I was hearing my wife say that, that here's this word that is so in our vocabulary, um, used so inappropriately. Mom, 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 mom. And I, I see my, my wife and that she responds so diligently to a word that is abused so evidently. But she feeds that non-ending stomach of her kids. She's constantly there to take care of them. And I see this so much in my, my daughter-in-laws and I, I, I'm so blessed to have a wife that is trying to pass that on, not only in her biological daughters, but in her adoptive daughters and in also her um, daughter-in-laws. Moms, you try to balance all the desires of the home into some meal plan and a budget. In 1 
Kings, verse 17, we find this passage. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it. Mothers, you will give at the cost of yourself. You'll go without clothing. You'll go without food. You will go whatever it takes to take care of that child. Do you realize that's the God inside of you? Have we ever taken just a moment and realized that's the image of God inside of us to do that? I, I long to see who God is in looking at you moms. Again, not a a nature that I have inside of him, but a nature that God has inside of you. And I see who God is through you. And I look at how mothers have an imagination. God has such an imagination. The baby showers, the, the window shopping, the coupon shopping. Uh, and, and you know what? The, just the, all the ideas, whether they're making clothes or, or doing all their little knickknacks of, or organizing things, you have such a gift. Number two is you'll need God's strength for encouragement. A, a mother needs to discipline her ch- children and so in the face of rejecting, so her child may look at her in a way that I, I'll never forget that uh, I remember my, my oldest son looked at um, Brenda one day and, and as she was uh, disciplining him, says, you're a big mom. And I knew what he was looking at is and he was seeing her in, in light of, of going, wow, what a person of authority. And, and yet he had a, a tremendous respect and yet I could see the nurturing in my my wife longing to just hold him in in a way but at the same time bring discipline to him a kid will face so much rejection and mothers you need to help that child you need to be encouraged so that child can grow up and learn to face because even being a Christian being passed on they will face rejection And there are going to be times, mothers, where you're not going to be able to nurture that gift. In fact, wanting to coddle them is going to be such a a move that you want to do. But in the same time, you're going to have to go over there and show that kid that, look, what your behavior is like and your choices are like were wrong. And there needs to be corrective action for it. You're going to need to be encouragement from God. You're going to need to be strength in that moment. Deuteronomy 32, 11 says this, as an eagle stirs up its nest, hovers over its young, spreading out its wings, taking them up, carrying them on its wings. Proverbs six twenty says, my son, keep your father's command and do not forsake the law of your mother. Mothers, you're gonna need strength. You're gonna need pray, get on your knees for connection. I was just uh, sharing and hearing from a, a mother this morning struggling and, and even to tears longing to connect with her child. You have a, a passion on the inside. The God inside wants to connect and God himself wants to connect with mankind. And so there's this longing to make these connections with your children. Even years will go by and it may even be a daughter that's all grown up. And there may be distance, there may be geography distance, there may be, there may be some, even some connection differences when it comes to your love for God. But nonetheless, inside, you have the, God, what's the right way to connect? 
She'll try to connect through different ways, whether it be through cards, whether it be through Facebook, whether it be through the phone, but she'll long to do that. Why? Because that's who God is on the inside. And let's again, let's not forget that that's God inside of you, moms, doing that. To see and hear what God wants made visible. Let me share some things maybe that help you. And I, I, along like Mother Mary, Jesus' mom, this young mom, because some of us think that, well, I'll grow into that. No, when you pray, it gets deposited inside of your life through the Lord. Mary was a, this virgin young mother, ill-equipped, to raise a child if you're going to look at it from a physical standpoint. But what was so imperative and what is so um, uh, clear by Scripture, by history, is how she did it. It's recorded in Luke here, and I got a couple passages and we're about ready to close. A mother does hear things for her kids that others do not. That others do not. Don't listen to what others Say about your children first or what everybody else is saying about how to raise kids first. Listen to what God says. Luke verse two, verse 18 says, All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. What, here's this young, possibly 16, 17-year-old mother who is obviously going through some peril and activities, left her home that she was raised in, following a, a man who was ready to give her away because he wouldn't hear her, her story, didn't believe what she had to say. And yet the shepherds come with this, this magnificent, we saw these angels talking and, and she hears the story and she ponders them in her hearts. I don't think there can be a, a, a greater imagination because God wants to shepherd your children. And mom, he wants to do that through you by how you hear what God is saying through your life and that you speak and you believe and you share. How many times did Mary share that with Jesus? How many times did Mary encourage Jesus as a young boy growing up what she had pondered in her heart. Luke 2 verse 48 captures another moment. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. But why did you need to search, he asked. Didn't you know that I must be with my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. Here, we, here it is again. She's going through a unique, awkward event in life. And she stores this truth. Now Jesus is living, moving. He's around 12 years old. And the activity of his life is a little, um, is, is a little bit past the caution that she'd like him to take. He's taking faith steps and she's not able to protect him like she'd want to protect him. Yet she didn't listen to her protection. She didn't listen to her caution. She didn't listen to her motherhood instinct. 
She listened to what the Spirit of God had to say, and she pondered. You see, the first thing that sometimes it comes into our, our thought life isn't usually God. And so she knew this. So she took time to ponder these things so that she would respond with a God-like imagination that's within her. Let's pray. Father, first of all, thank you for moms. Thank you that moms is in the imagery of your plan. You created man and woman in your image. Then you created man and you took from man and made woman. Again, where we find that man and woman can't be separated. They're, they're meant to be together. That women and men with you are meant to be together. And yet we spend our lifetime trying to separate our thinking and trying to find our identity apart from one another. And yet it's cohesive. And then it's cohesive with you. God, I pray that we find ourselves like Naomi, like Ruth. I pray that we find ourselves like Mary, where we ponder these truths and these promises inside of our heart and that they shape our life, but even more so that they shape the lives that follow us, that we become a conduit of receiving from you and giving from you outside and touching others. And Father, we recognize our imperfections. We recognize our fallacies. We lean to you for strength. We lean to you, God, for understanding. Whether we're a, a, a man or a woman, we, we need your strength. And Lord, I thank you that the big picture has never been about living this life here on planet earth. But God, it's receiving the message from you, living the message in and through you and passing it on. Thank you that history has recorded this. Thank you that it gives us encouragement and hope. Father, I pray for those in the audience right now and those that will be watching this in times of future. I pray hope and encouragement in their heart, Father. Whether they're a mother, Father, whether they're a, a man or a female, it doesn't matter, God. We, we need your strength to live your plan. I, pray, I pray that they learn how to receive from you. And with your head bowed still, and your, I, I pray that your eyes are shut. If you're listening right now and you're not right with God, which means that your relationship with God is either non-existent or it is distant at best, Today we've learned that, that God is a God that wants to connect. His whole design, his whole plan is always to, been, to connect with you. He sent his own son, Jesus. Jesus left the, the pleasantness, the, the wonder, the beauty of heaven and came on planet earth to connect with you. That he might help you and take the sins from your life, the, the things that you've done wrong and put it on the cross and he would be the payment for your sins and so that he could present you spotless to God the Father. That was God's plan to help you connect. He wants to nurture you. He wants to assist you. He wants to lead you, love you. 
be the daddy, be, be that mother figure in your life, be all that to you. That's what God wants to do. He longs to connect with you. I, I believe that many of you right now are, are, your hearts are breaking for that connection. I know mine was at 23 years. I said, God, if you're for real, I invite you in. Right now, I, I believe that many of you are saying, if God is for real, I invite you in. So take this moment, repeat these words with me. Father God, I thank you that you're for real and that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for my sins. I receive forgiveness. I receive hope and love. In Jesus' name, here I am. I'm all yours. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much for joining with us today. I pray God continually richly bless you. You are listening to Life Change Church with Pastor Ron Rands. If this message encourages and inspires you, pass it on to someone else. You can find weekly episodes on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts under Life Change Church Muskegon. When you share it to your social media, be sure to tag us at Life Change Church. For prayer support and more resources, visit mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer.